0: Welcome to WTTS In Conversation, supported by Technology Recyclers. I'm Matt Pelser. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Graham Nash is back out on tour. Many of the dates are at venues that were booked for 2020. One of the shows will be at Brown County Music Center on March 27th. I talked to him about getting back out on the road, a little about the Neil Young situation, his new book of
1: photographs, and getting it right the first time. The very first thing we tried to play became the master. Wow! <laughs> that was the that was the that was one take, and it was the first take, and it just sounded unbelievably great. And so we used it.
0: And now, WTTS in conversation with Graham Nash. Good afternoon. Well, I don't know what time it is where you are, but hello.
1: <laughs> How's it's one it- forty in the afternoon.
0: Oh, okay. So you're on Eastern as well. Um, yeah, how are you doing? I'm terrific now. Uh, you're playing Brown County Music Center on March 27th. Yes, um, I am. The tour kicked off March 2nd. This is an absolutely packed schedule for someone of your stature. I mean, if I were Graham Nash, I'd give myself a few more days off. You must be pretty eager to play in front of people again.
1: I can't wait to play. I mean, this two-year hiatus has been awful for musicians.
0: Yeah, I, I, but, but, Well, these are cities... That you had on your calendar uh, for the spring of 2020, right? Before
1: everything changed? That's right. Yeah, I'm just continuing the tour. I had to stop. I had a 25-day tour, completely sold out, and had to stop after the first four or five because of COVID. So I'm just picking up, you know, my sixth show and and continuing.
0: (laughs) Well, when was the last time you played live?
1: Whoa. Um, I think late. 19 uh, 2019
0: wow really my goodness i mean for someone like you i mean has there ever been a dry spell this long for
1: you it's not been a dry spell
0: <laughs> no well i suppose it, not I, I suppose not dry spell but uh did you ever take a break this long intentionally this is obviously an un, unintentional break but
1: no i've never I've ne- uh, in terms of playing live and touring no this is, this is the longest, wow. but uh, it has not been a dry spell. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm 10 tracks into a, into a brand new album.
0: How's that going?
1: Phenomenal. The thing that I have to do is make sure that the final mixes sound like there are four or five people in the same room playing.
0: Okay. And so are you doing that? Did you record it live? Was there a way to catch that same vibe?
1: Here's, well, here's, here's my process. I have a new song. I have a little tiny studio in my bathroom here in my apartment in in New York. I go in, I put an acoustic guitar track down and a rough vocal. Then I send it to my guitar player, Shane Fontaine, in Los Angeles. He puts on his guitars and the bass and sends it to Lubbock, Texas. Toby Caldwell, who is the brother of my keyboard player, is a drummer, puts the drums on. And he sends it to his brother in Brooklyn, Todd Caldwell, who puts on all the keyboards. And they send it all back to me, and I figure it out. And that's what I've been doing. And it's sounding unbelievable.
0: I mean, it's not like this method of recording and collaboration is is particularly new. But did you ever, in, in, in your years in the music business... Feel like it could ever be this easy as as easy as it is right now. Were there times maybe back in the day when you wished that you could do something like this?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> especially because you know between the three of us and the four of us, yes, absolutely. I I wish there was there had been uh, you know uh, maybe we would have seen more CSN and more CSNY albums. You think so? Yeah, we may have, you know, because it, it, it you know, in terms of CSNY, it's it's tough to get the four of us together. We have incredible stuff that we're doing with our lives and it's, in, it's incredible to try and get us all in the same bloody room. <laughs> but if you were doing it remotely, we could have been doing much more.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. as you uh, put together the set lists or, or maybe rehearse for this tour that's, that's happening, um, do any of these songs that you've been playing for years feel like They've got new meanings given given what we've all gone through since 2020.
1: it does, it does seem that there is added juice. To the songs, when when I play like, you know, Chicago, We Can Change the World, you know, which Robert Kennedy Jr. just stole from me and, and put out a, a video of, right. uh, of anti, anti-vaxxers and stuff. Um, yeah, some of, some of the songs, you know, if I, I, I mean, what about Field Worker? What about uh, Immigration Man? Do you yeah. think immigration issues aren't happening today? Of course they are. So th- those kind of songs have new meaning.
0: Are you breaking out some of those songs with that intent to kind of uh, to
1: kind I am. of oh yeah
0: as a sort of way to say hey this is still this is still something we need to talk about.
1: Not only that, but y- you can actually say to yourself that you're that you're happy that what you wrote was kind of true. You know, when I wrote "Fieldworker" about. You know, the people digging our food out of it, out of the ground, it's it's still ha- all those things are still happening. So it's it's very rewarding to realize that what I did write all those many years ago is still true today.
0: Well, is there a frustrating part to that as well? The fact sure. that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Don't you wish that everybody was fed? Don't you wish there were no homeless people? Don't you wish <laughs> all those things? Don't you wish it could be ha- we could be happier? Don't you wish that, you know, we, we weren't fighting each other all the time? I mean, even, you know, even in politics, you know,
0: let's go back to the Robert Kennedy issue. Do you have an mm-hmm. update on that? Last I heard you were trying oh, yeah, to
1: I shut, I shut them down.
0: You you did shut them down, okay? So they ended up oh, yeah. stopping. Well,
1: you see, I, I think I have to keep my eye on them because maybe they think they've they've hit on a new way of uh, of advertising, and if they do it again, there'll be lawsuits for days.
0: And Graham Nash had more to say about the politics of the pandemic. We'll wade into those choppy waters next. W T T S in conversation is supported by technology recyclers. What happens to your obsolete electronics? It's estimated that only 18% of all electronic waste is properly recycled globally. This harms the environment, wastes natural resources, and pollutes our landfills. You should be recycling your computers and electronics. Technology Recyclers has the solution. With their R2 certification, they guarantee 100% data destruction. Their state-of-the-art shredding and separation system ensures nothing ends up in landfills. They're Hoosier veteran-owned and always free to you and your company. Visit Technology Recyclers on the web. And now, Graham Nash. I guess if we're on the subject, can I ask about Neil Young? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, what's going on? So at the time we're doing this interview, people are still talking about the ultimatum that he gave Spotify. Either take away Joe Rogan or take me off your platform. This was over Joe Rogan's controversial stances on the pandemic and vaccines. Ultimately... Spotify removed Neil Young's music, and this was seen by some as Spotify choosing disinformation over the truth, whereas others see it as a victory for free speech. I don't know. From your perspective, what do you think about what's happened?
1: I agree completely with Neil. I don't think that uh, Spotify should have anybody on there that is that, that whose opinion is actually killing people. Let's get real here. I don't agree with what Rogan's doing, and I completely agree with what Neil did.
0: Don't you think, though, that it's some people are saying that Spotify just kind of took the easy way out because they're making money off of Joe Rogan right now. Whereas, you know, Neil Young, yeah, he has a body of work. Um, it's, it's all too easy to just remove music over current content, I suppose.
1: Yeah, but it's an incredibly large statement. I have to agree with Neil. Joe Rogan is completely wrong here. And, uh, he has a voice, And unfortunately, what he's saying with that voice is killing people.
0: When was the last time you saw Neil or spoke to him?
1: um let me see i spoke to neil two days ago <laughs> about this uh no not about this this was right before he did this no we, we, we're talking personally about other stuff you know i sent him my my new book of photographs and he wrote me back saying how much he loved it and loved uh, the images of him that i put in the book so that was three th- four days ago i think
0: I loved it too. The, um, you're talking about A Life in Focus, the book that you put out in November. Um, yeah. Fans know that you're a photographer and artist, and, and there's there's so much here. Moments uh, from years in the music world, and, and there's some really artistic shots in here. Really, really good stuff. I mean, this is this is deep. It must have taken forever to compile all of this. Eight months. Eight? That's it? You. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you must have had a good...
1: I got to tell you, the, the people at Insight Editions were Unbelievable. Let me tell you a story. Whenever I've go, whenever i got stuff going into a gallery, I never tell the people how to hang the images. They know their gallery. They know their space way better than I do. Mm. And so I left it to them to edit. I just sent them hundreds of photographs. They came back with an edit that made me smile about my <laughs> own images. You know, they put a beautiful picture of... Um, of my mother. And and it's right next to a picture of Mimi Farina and their hands are in the same kind of way. You know, they did some editing job that was just beautiful. And I never told them, you know, I certainly made some suggestions after they give me their first edit, of course, but uh, they did a wonderful thing. And I'm very happy with Insight inside editions.
0: Mm, It's such a beautiful book. It, it really is okay you mentioned some names earlier that I'd like to come back to before we wrap up uh, Shane Fontaine produced uh, yes this path tonight he's on tour with yes. you um, yes what's that relationship
1: like it's fantastic you've got you got to understand one basic thing Shane Fontaine saw the Hollies and was flipping out over a live show of the Hollies when he was 12. <laughs> He has loved my music since that day. And Shane Fontaine plays the song. He's not interested in a brilliant solo. He's interested in in helping the song live. And he does it brilliantly with me. And I've worked with him now for at least the last 10 or 12 years.
0: So now then, it seems like you've got a rapport, but I want to know about like, say early on in that relationship. I mean, you're talking about a guy who saw the Hollies at age 12 and, and really looked up to you. And now he, well, in the case of 2016, and uh, that album, um, uh, this path tonight was kind of the boss. I mean, you were the boss too. You're the yeah. artist on the, on the cover, but.
1: No, he was the boss. He, he took, he took care of all that stuff. So yes, he produced it.
0: And so then, when you're producing a hero and i and, and this is some I guess I should ask him, but i've got you right now. did any of that sort of dynamic make things uh, w- was there a i don't know a development period where you kind of had to shake that off
1: no no we, we worked to get we worked together instantly really, really well, wow, when we were doing this pack tonight, we wrote twenty songs in in a month. <laughs> and we recorded the 20 songs in 8 days and it it went it was it was brilliant i mean normally when you go into a studio when you book a studio you go in the night before and you put all your equipment and all the drums and the amps and the basses and the guitars and stuff and then the band has to sit down and play to make sure that everything's Plugged in correctly that the snare drum mic is actually micing the snare drum and not my foot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the very first thing we tried to play became the master. And it was myself at last.
0: Wow. <laughs> that was the
1: that was the that was one take and it was the first take and it just sounded unbelievably great. And so we used it.
0: Oh, I'm gonna to have to go back and listen to it now. I love it when yeah. something works out in one take. That's so cool.
1: Oh, I love that. You know, Lady of the Island was one take too.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: That's just me, just me and Crosby sitting down and singing.
0: Uh, you mentioned another name earlier. Todd Codwell uh, played keys mm-hmm. for for Crosby, Stills and Nash, and uh, he's on this tour too. What's What's good about having him back?
1: Same thing. Yeah. He's a he's a great musician that only wants to make music with his life. And he does it constantly. I've been over at Todd's uh, studio 12 times in the the last four months. I love hanging with him. He's he's a great musician. I think he's he's, uh, helping me produce this, this new record. But Todd Caldwell is a fantastic musician that loves me and my music and wants to help the music live. And that's what's great about Shane, too.
0: I know this sort of thing isn't really up to you entirely. I mean, you've definitely got a hand in it, but uh, you say you're working on this new music. Uh, do we have any ideas to when some of this might come out? Yeah, late summer. Oh, late summer. Okay, so we do know. Yeah,
1: but I, I have, a, I have an, an, a double album coming out uh, April, in April.
0: Ah, wonderful.
1: And it was this, and this was wild. Todd and Shane put together a band for me that I'd never played with. And we did only three days of rehearsals, and I did four shows. And the show was this. I would come out with a full band and do songs for beginners from start to finish. I would then take an intermission and come out the second half and do Wild Tales, start to finish, the <laughs> entire album. <laughs> and and we would recorded the four shows, and there's a double album coming out in April.
0: Oh, man. Oh, that's going to be so great! Oh, I'm looking forward to that.
1: And you know what? I got to tell you something, and I'm not bragging here, but I've been working with with uh, with an engineer for 40 years. He's a mastering engineer. He had to master this double album, and he wrote to me and he said, "You know, we've been working together for 40 years, and I I, I worked on the original songs for Beginners, and I worked on the original Wild Tales album." He said, "But you're singing them so much better." <laughs> and and it was a great little email to come from a man that has known a lot of music.
0: Did you feel like you were as well? I mean not not to make you toot your own horn, horn but did you feel like your performance was uh, you know,
1: Absolutely. Yeah? I would ne- I would never put anything out that you that you didn't like. I mm. mean, what the why? I don't want to waste your time. We're all getting older here. I want it to make you smile. I want you to be happy about this.
0: Well, we're certainly looking forward to uh, smiling at Brown County Music Center on March 27th. Uh, Graham Fantastic. Nash, Graham Nash, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much and uh, best of luck with the rest of the dates.
1: Thank you very much, Matt. Take it easy. Eh?
0: This has been WTTS In Conversation with support from Technology Recyclers. Subscribe to this podcast and find more information at WTTSFM.com. I'm Matt Pelser. Thanks for listening.